And good morning to you, Jamie. Morning, Kurt. How are you doing? Top of the morning. Top of the morning. <laughs> I, 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 as we edited the last one, right? I did a, I threw a curveball at you, and I said, "What's cracking?" <laughs> and and right, I, I and think it were, turned out were, well. Were you hoping for like some kind of cracking, like not like cracking an egg, but like? Kraken, Kraken, like and, I, and then you're like, that's like my trigger word, and I just start going off and talking about like, yeah, well, form follow, form following fiction and my <laughs> predisposition to art projects. That's right. It didn't. It, it didn't quite. But yeah. that, that's all right. I didn't. I didn't pick up on the cue. We can come so. back. We could do that one. We can give that another try. I, okay. I did th- throw you the curveball. Anyway, how you doing? I I'm glad we're. We're talking. Um, I've got a nice tumbler. See, in Mich- in Michigan winters, I honestly can't. <laughs> I can't use mugs too often in the house. In the house, because I don't like to chug coffee. I like to have it. I like to have it hot. I like it black, but I like to sip on the coffee. And right. in a Michigan winter, in an old house. My coffee mug gets cold before I hit the bottom of the mug. So therefore, I still continue to use this tumbler. So, but is oh, it, yeah. is it, is it the temperature or is it, is it the distraction? Do you, is it sort of a like, oh, squirrel kind of thing? You mean like or... I'm doing something while drinking right. coffee? Right. Well, right. I actually, I have a new habit. I've been trying to read. On, I use my phone. <laughs> I have a new habit. I'm trying to. Read. I didn't say I was learning to read. <laughs> I was trying to read more. But okay, I, it is a new year, so yeah, there is there is exactly that. exactly. And I so I and I told you I watched. Did I tell you I watched the uh, documentary on Kurt Vonnegut? No. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch. I, I'm going to grab some of his books and and get back into some Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, Vonnegut's good. About no, no. So I'll re I have I've got some from my library that I downloaded to my 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 phone and I can I so I sit on the couch in the morning when it's and I should probably say it's not like I'm a heat miser or anything but by the when I wake up I live in the old house with the radi boiler system steam boiler system and at the hour that I'm up typically it's just getting warmed up for the day so that's also and i teach i teach energy right in in the right. university and so you're living it i talk about heat loss all the time right <laughs> thermodynamics right so temp- so so you're saying that your students might have heard this anecdote once or twice about you and coffee mugs yeah coffee is a common <laughs> common subject but uh, yeah anyway long story short i what do you call it yeah commandeering the airwaves just to talk about how how and why i've i've been drinking coffee out of this aia tumbler <laughs> it's that product placement gotta, oh, yeah. gotta, gotta gotta lean into that our our friends at the aia so otherwise that is 
that's kind of what's going on. I've still got some Guatemalan beans from my Oliver T's grocer, the, the second. So if I'm not drinking rootless, it's going to be right. Oliver T's. Well, and, 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 you, and you were, you were talking about rootless with me recently. You had some rootless updates about like, oh. you've actually helped them out on something recently. I thought, well, now it sounded, I, I guess it like, sounded, sounded fun. I mean, now, now I could say it because they actually signed the contract. They are upgrading some equipment. And so a contractor, a local contractor here in Flint, John Mason, I don't know if he, I'm, I'm going to drop lots of names and shout out. Okay, this is this is apparently the 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 Kurt Lean In episode, and, uh, and share, so yeah, the, the uh, yeah, I got a referral from a from a friend who's actually done some work on my house and then some other projects I'm working on, and they need to upgrade their roaster, or they're upgrading a roasting machine, which is pretty exciting, and uh, which actually has greater capacity than I was told. And so it's, it's a, a gas fired unit. So we have to do a little, it's minor work. Well, I wouldn't say minor. I mean, it's anything in the city of Flint's a little bit of a dance, the building department. <laughs> yeah. but, I, one might think it, it probably is everywhere, but, but I can imagine that they've had quite, quite a few different parameters thrown at them of, of late. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm excited. The excited to be working uh, with a local business and help them get this piece of equipment kind of up and running and through the building department and, and, and so on. So, and actually I did then reach out to those guys. I was like, Hey, can we get a little coffee sketch podcast collaboration going? And so, yeah, there's some stuff. So we're working on, yeah, on that. Yeah. No, it's great. Well, <clears throat> and, and, and that's, and that's the thing as I clear my throat, uh, always good for the podcast. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think that, what you're just sort of describing, I, I was sort of curious how it, how it all sort of went down. You'd kind of teased it to me, but I know, I know that you have that systems expertise and you're sort of doing that collegiately and sort of teaching in the academy on, on that kind of stuff with your students. And, but I mean, what we do as architects is problem solve things like that. And it's, it's, it, we don't have to overthink it or make it more complicated than it is, but there's also I've always sort of leaned into the idea that lean is my word for this episode. Apparently I keep using it over and over and over again, limited number of vocabulary words today. I, I, or I need more coffee, but yeah, I should read more too. Thanks. We'll have an episode on literacy later, later this season, but no, I, I, it's, it made me, made me think is that part of what we do problem solving wise is, is explain how some of those business decisions that people are making do affect the architecture do affect the, the environment that they're in and it not to make it where it's prohibitive but it's just that there's some certain things that we have to potentially solve and and like you say walk people through the building department i think that's the service aspect of the problem solving and not making it more complicated than it needs to be or frustrating construction can be frustrating for anybody very experienced to the least experienced so that's great i'm glad that you're able to help them out i mean and it, it, it those those types of projects are fun i got to i got to do one a few years ago for uh, a different roaster here in austin and part of it was that first meeting was going to see their op their current operation and seeing all the equipment and and how they were bringing in things and you know, who was doing what and fascinating so mm -hmm. yeah i did i got to see behind the scenes yeah 
So, cool. so, so what you, you, you are still in, into your, your alternate roaster. I, I, on the other hand, decided after our last episode where I was like, mm, coffee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, to actually like go back to my little city and got some grackle. Ooh. So, because of the blends that they have, they have all these sort of Austin kind of concepts and then they have the the occasional international roast where they've they've partnered up with with somebody the grackle i always there's a part of me that always thinks of it as like if austin had a super villain it would be a grackle so well we will be talking about super villain villains and superheroes in a second here and so yeah, a grackle. I mean, grackle. you know, it's a good name. It's definitely a good name for a bad guy. Yeah, does, I mean, does does it sort of strike fear into your heart? I mean, maybe it strikes something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to you had to teach me what what a grackle was. Right. Yeah, they're annoying. Which, they're a really annoying bird. So, yeah. and they're omnipresent. Um, yeah. Awful, awful birds. Is it is it related to a crow? Kind of like a crow or a raven. Kinda, but not like the crow the movie, which is that's a that's a good film. But no. But it's a is a blackbird. It is, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. Well, well, we will (laughs) we will dissect that in in a second. So should we should we jump to our sketch? Yeah, let's do it. And and and. What do you call it? Not belabor the point of, of the day and, and torture, of, of the, our, torture of the, the listeners? Of the villainous grackle? Yes. It's quite yeah. good coffee. Quite good coffee, though. I yeah. Say. Well, I, I, I was, you gave me some a while back, I believe, of grackle. I think I've had now three flavors of uh, Little City. So expanding my palate. So, so if... So now we've got Spider-Man and, and the uh, Spider-Verse. And so potentially Spider-Man could be attacking in one of the multiverse versions of Spider-Man, right? You're going to you're gonna have to take the lead on, on the multiverse stuff a little bit because I'm a little behind. I've been reading. You've been reading. I haven't been and- watching Marvel movies and stuff. So No, but, but, I, but I, did, I did share with you a little video that could really kind of maybe quickly catch you up and yeah, so i i did we, we like to do our homework right on this show and 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 sound like we're on the same page and so i couldn't i unfortunately could not get to watch the latest spider-man or the cartoon animated version that you were suggesting because my streaming services t- did wanted me to pay a little extra money and it just wasn't wasn't in the cards for for last night. I couldn't get I had to make dinner too. All the all the all, all the, the all the excuses. But so as a as a little a little pick me up, I guess you you sent me this Saturday Night Live sketch of a Joe Biden intro talking about the primary reason Omicron is upon us, right? Is that? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I mean, he, I mean, it was it was an important press conference. I think it solved a lot and, of riddles and questions in my mind. 
Right. And <laughs> explain the concept of the multiverse to you, or at least it expanded on it uh, quite true. literally. Yes. So I do get it yeah. now. I mean, there is, there is the possibility of, of up to three distinct universes simultaneously existing. <laughs> right. <clears throat> at least three. That's right. At right. least three. Could be even more. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, so the sketches though, so this one in particular, you, you had some questions and you had seen that I had done a couple Spider-Man sketches kind of in a row. And, and part of that was that literally back in December had not um, in a row. Sorry. I had to not interrupt. in a row in a row. Yeah. In, no, because there, there was somewhere. Oh my God. There's Batgirl. This is a, my apologies. Yeah. I don't know where all of a sudden technical. Well, I wanted to just jump to the so we, we've got spider-man yeah so i did two we've got spawn three three three. And I did three yeah i did threes which is fun we will come back to, to to that the the main one for today which sorry i'll just stay here <laughs> please continue <laughs> no no so yeah it was just that the last time and the first time in a long time like in like it felt like two years and then probably going to be a while been in a movie theater decided to go and see the new spider-man movie and so went and saw it on the opening weekend and and then the omicron surge after that so yeah and and as i learned from joe biden i mean that is that is why we have omicron is people can't stop seeing the new spider-man movie right so so yeah well being being that I, I was trying to catch up, I was asking you about this sketch because I, I've watched, I'm not unfamiliar to Marvel comics and Marvel movies and, and, and how they're starting to like kind of weave them together, the different characters. And, and you kind of have to top the last movie, every movie. And, and so my being, since I hadn't seen the movie, I thought, oh, did they, are there three versions of spider-man in the same movie and and i and one being female right we have right down lower right here and so you have like the classic spider-man up top which as far as the outfit is concerned then the dark outfit spider-man and then the hooded female spider spider gwen and and so and yeah and, and so i i sort of suggested to kurt that the the movie that just came out sort of brings up this whole concept of the multiverse, that there are multiple realities all living parallel to one another with just slight differences. And the, the actors who've portrayed Spider-Man, there's effectively been three on screen and in the live action version. And then there's also been into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie that introduced a whole new Spider-Man and, and then leaned into this whole idea of, that there are multiple universes with multiple ways that people become Spider-Man and different kind of characters who do. And so that's where you get the Spider-Gwen character. And then as I was describing kind of the movie kind of tie into this is that when that sort of the reaction for not just the casual fan, but I think everybody else was, wow, we're actually getting the three actors who played Spider-Man all at the same time. That's not a spoiler. I think everybody knows that they're all in the movie now. Either know that because they saw the movie and have Macron 
Right, or, right. And they have Omicron. They're 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 <laughs> recovering from COVID. I do not, thankfully. Yeah, exactly. Every day feels like you're playing with the probabilities of that. But it definitely don't go to the movie theater. That's that's my that's my public service announcement. But but I, I think that it was interesting because it also sort of tied back in to the animated movie, which was really amazing. If, if you haven't seen it, just from a movie standpoint, I mean, love of film and then anime and then sort of this whole Spider-Man narrative. The story was really well written. The actors who portrayed the characters were fantastic. And then the artwork was just amazing. It just, it really spun a, a really captivating tale. And, and it was, and it introduced this, this concept of all these different characters sort of colliding from different universes. And, and one that I thought was sort of an interesting wrinkle that people had a reaction to the new movie was when Andrew Garfield, the second Spider-Man, more of a Broadway actor and sort of serious actor that people were initially kind of not sure if they would like him in the Spider-Man role. And then when they saw him, they're like, wow, he really, he's bringing this whole other dimension, this whole other kind of emotion to the character. He played across from Emma Stone. And so Emma Stone played the Gwen Stacy character from the comics, the blonde, familiar kind of blonde love interest, pseudo love love interest of Peter Parker. And in that, in that movie with Andrew Garfield, she, she dies kind of tragically. And, but in the animated movie, you get this introduction of this female spider character, and she's introduced as Spider-Gwen, and it's Gwen Stacy becomes Spider-Man. And, or the, you know, yeah, basically, Spider-Woman. Yeah. And so, so people are thinking, wow, if, if we can play with all these characters who, and these actors who have had previous incarnations in this multiverse... Wouldn't it be great if Emma Stone comes back in a future film to the franchise as Spider-Gwen? Because she's a fantastic actress. I mean, and I think it would be something that people would really enjoy. Yeah. And I mean, so, I, so, so, so it, for me, it was kind of exciting to kind of sketch some of that. And then, like I was saying, in this, the Spider-Verse itself was it introduced this character that's in the comics, Miles Morales, who's a young teenager, sort of very similar to the way Peter Parker was very young when he first became Spider-Man, but he's black. And so it, it kind of takes that narrative, sort of that origin story of, of his journey and, and then overlaps it with these other characters from other universes. It's, it's pretty fantastic. And there's a sequel coming out or they just announced. So it's, you got to get caught up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it reminds me of when I was, when I was a, young before architecture school one of the one of my favorite things to do was to sort of redraw comic book covers and spider-man was one of my favorites to to use as a as a as a source to learn how to make those shapes because spider-man was always like like in your sketches here in these very uh, extreme positions right it's it's or uh, contorted kind of acrobatic positions. And there was, so it was a lot of fun to, to try and draw that when I was young because it, well, the, the comic book artists that created and worked on Spider-Man's the various different over the years would, we would really accentuate like the musculature and, you know, the acrobatic nature. And so how would the body sort of respond 
to the the sort of the acrobatic maneuvering uh and and so these these sort of sketches here remind me of of those those kinds of dynamic frozen in a sketch but like a very dynamic posture so it's it's fun to think about and and and, well, and it, when you brought it up with the animated version of the movie and how well the artwork was done it makes me want to go back and definitely see it for for that part well i mean and i think you'll enjoy it because it it also sort of explode explores some of the stylistic stuff that you're talking about and then even expounds on it and ch- sort of challenges it i i mean for me Similar to you is, I think my introduction to drawing was a lot of superheroes as a kid and really self-taught, didn't really take a lot of art classes per se. I've, I've, I've mentioned that before. And, and so it was something that you try and emulate, try and mimic, try and understand, try and figure out how to do what what these artists are doing on these covers of, of comic books. And and it, it really, for me, was sort of a way to, when you're trying to figure out how to draw something and you get frustrated because you want it to be perfect and you've got this, this thing sort of sitting next to you as an artist and you're like, oh, well, this person can do it and it looks great and why can't mine look like that? And you get frustrated. For me, it was trying to take it to the next step of, okay, well, how did, how did they build up these forms? And so it was kind of understanding anatomy and understanding sort of the figure drawing kind of aspects of things without knowing that was a thing initially. Mm-hmm. And then and then at the same time, I've talked about it as sort of blocking in the forms. And so here it was, that's what this sketch was sort of my own challenge. I hadn't done one like this in a while where I have multiple people in the same sketch and in different positions that have a lot of activity to them and wanted to sort of layer it so that even the sketch itself has some, some layer of space and and it to do that, it was how can you sort of break down the geometries and block in the forms so that what you're building on. And that was that it becomes sort of an, a drawing challenge for myself, which was fun. And then wanting to render it, knowing it's all going to be ink, it's not going to it's not going to have the benefit of. Uh, a colorist coming in and sort of touching up things or anything like that, still trying to do it relatively quickly. How, how do you use just one line weight, one pen to, to generate that much depth and, and a, and a variety. I mean, cause all of these are, when you see them on the screen or on the page, there's a, a vibrance of color and which sort of you know, makes the mood and, and these are just black and white. So there's, it, that that in and of itself is a fun challenge and 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 good practice. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. It it I think your idea on blocking it out is something that I, yeah resonates because that was you know, one of those things that early on is trying to figure out how to make sure you're matching proportion. It may not be a one to one copy, but you have to still like the leg is this long compared to the arm and. And the torso and, and stuff like that. Those were the sticking, those are the parts that had used to get me when I was young. But so, yeah, that's cool. I, I Hopefully, I will not be so cheap and I will uh, rent that movie instead yeah. of going to the theater. To- <laughs> I, I, th- I think, I think, you, I, I think you'll enjoy it. So, yeah, this Spider Man is one, one of the, one of the phase. All right. So, one other, we wanted to talk about one other thing, right? 
Yeah, we have a more recent sketch. So these were sort of at, at the holidays and, and related to the film, or, or me going to the theater all masked up and Take, taking that risk. <laughs> taking the risk of going to the Alamo and, and was the, uh, so there actually, you know, speaking of risk or challenges, I think our segue to the next sketch is the nail biter of the, the 49ers game, right? Exactly. As, which is, which is, we, we were, we were kind of teasing a little bit about Jamie lives in Texas, but he is a 49ers fan because he does have some roots in the bay area yeah so that, that's that gives him his pass yeah not, so i not i love the dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah no i so I, I i like to think that one of the first places we lived in the u.s was in in the bay area in san jose and so they the the, the first football team that i had an affinity for was the 49ers i mean when you're in elementary school and middle school and you're playing with football on the street with the kids in the neighborhood and you're throwing it around and everybody's a, everybody's a 49er fan because that's what in everybody's like everybody's going to be like Joe Montana or Steve Young or Jerry Rice or Roger Craig and all these different you know players of the time and so and then i remember like my first football game i remember going like dad had somebody at work who was like, hey, your son, why don't you, why don't you guys, we got some extra tickets. Like, why don't we, and my dad played football in high school and, and loves sports and I love sports, which I've <laughs> clearly shown and, and shared many times. But yeah, it, it was, you know, 49ers, you know, Candlestick Park in the heyday of Joe Montana and Dwight Clark yeah. and Ronaldo Nehemiah. And it was some great stuff. And so, yeah, uh, this this latest run, I mean, Colin Kaepernick was a fave when he was with the Niners. And and now we've got Jimmy G trying to hold down the ship as the quarterback and everybody's not sure, but you want to root for the guy. And but they are they're marching their way through the playoffs and they won again last night. So they're and, gonna be and, in the NFC championship game. And they they picked off a Green Bay. I mean, yeah, that's no Bay. slouch. Yeah, yeah, in yes, in Green Bay. As as I mentioned, it is 19 degrees here in Michigan. I think it's probably close to that in, in Green Bay. Yeah, and it was a night and it was a night game too. So it was like night game, second half, definite snow flurry action. Team from California, underrated, uh, definite grudge match, and and it was it was fun to watch. So yeah, yeah, go Niners, go Niners. So so with the Niners, I mean, we have a drawing of. The 49ers hit no, not the <laughs> yeah, this is this no, is their headquarters. <laughs> this is a, a federal building down by Morphosis Architects in uh, San Francisco, which I think is it's a like a federal federal office right facility, not an embassy or anything like that, but just a commercial office building that is was commissioned by the, the federal government. And Morphosis had to or happened to win win the bid. And this is actually one of their early, early buildings. I'll do the quick history being a the super fan of Morphosis, but also in my aren't, free time. Aren't we, aren't we all like super fans of Morphosis? Like if we're a, of a certain age, I mean, yeah, I think and, so. and, and predilection for, it, you know, deconstruction and drawing and. Well, it is funny because my, my students, uh, 
aren't as aware of morphosis as as I would like them to be. <laughs> <laughs> so generally, generationally, you're right. It is is finding. I'm finding that a little strange. So I recently on YouTube figured out I'm an architect and started populating my stream with some or my suggested videos with some architecture stuff. And, and then a couple of Tom Main things came up. And so this, the San Francisco federal building was one of Morphosis, Morphosis Architects' first big buildings that was actually completed. It's not the first, but it was one of the early building projects that they completed that was taller, a tall building and uh, of, a, of a substantial square footage. And one of the, so I watched this video, a lecture basically of Tom May, which I'd seen, I've, I've seen him in person many times, but this was an older lecture. So it started with a lot of his early, I mean, even unbuilt stuff, right? Stuff that was the stuff that he did with Michael Rotundi and, and Jamie had, well, you, 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 you spent some time with Michael teaching, right? Yeah, I did. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Which was fun. I mean, he's, He's quite a character and, and yeah. quite talented, but yeah, he was not part of this project. Oh yeah. This is, yeah. They, they definitely had different firms by then. So. After that. Yeah. And so well, the one thing, I guess the one aspect that I wanted to touch on, which I find, well, personally relatable is he made this comment while presenting this project and, and, and then also some of his China work, right? So he's done work in, in Shanghai and a couple other decent, well, now, now there's even more, but at the time, like with this lecture, he was sort of segueing into the design of this building, the, the giant campus in Shanghai, which was only in design. And he mentioned, and then he, but he was, you know, talking about this project. And then previous to this was Caltrans, the Los Angeles, California Transit Authority headquarters, which was a equally big, not, not quite the size of the federal building, but another step right in this and a, and a sort of municipal structure where he had to go through a municipal process of getting the project. Anyway. So his, the point that he made, which it's kind of funny before I even mention that also is at first when watching this old lecture, I thought I wasn't going to get much out of it because I had seen him in person a few times over the years and also very familiar with lots of his projects. I actually learned a lot of things or thought of things very differently having revisited this. And because of, because of your own experiences now. Yeah. After, after working now working for myself and, and spending some time. Yeah. In the profession, there are certain aspects, so sort of a new appreciation in another another level. But so now, so so about this, this idea of the public process. So without getting into the weeds about trying to teach everybody about qualification based selections and all that stuff, Tom made Tom Main made a pretty succinct point about it. He said, with his China relative to his China work, right? When asked. Or if asked, he was almost using this as a recommendation to the students that he was lecturing to. If you are in a position where you're potentially going to be hired in China for a project, and they ask the question, have you ever done this kind of project before? The answer should be no. And that 
this would be the first time this project has ever been designed and it's specifically for you, the client. And that's the correct answer in a China situation or a, let's say, an overseas. Yeah, overseas, internationally. Yeah, international, Mm -hmm. you know, relationship uh, building and so on. And, and then in comparison, which if most, if any, or I don't know what the stats are, but I'm sure a lot of our listeners are in the United States. He made a mention of how projects, especially municipal projects and, and governmental like this federal building are one in the United States. So ask the same question on, on state side. Have you ever done this project before? The answer is yes, we've done this a thousand times. This will be the 15th time we're designing it for you. And so it should be a no brainer. And so the, the very, the, the stark polar opposites is, is what really struck me. And I I don't think I ever heard him mention that in a a lecture that I've been to in person, but yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, it's, it's just something about process that we decide to we've, we've decided as a country to hire and, and acquire architecture services needing to have like this long list of previous versions of a similar building. It, well, it's, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, a little bit of an indictment of both the practice of architecture and as a profession, but also there is, it's as much as it's maybe an indictment of, of, of us as a practice and a profession, it's also, like you say, it's, it's the procurement process and sort of the the outside perception, the public perception or the the client perception of, well, if I'm gonna need a widget, I'm gonna, I need you to, to design me a widget. I wanna know that you've designed this widget before. Mine's gonna be different and mine's gonna be better, but I gotta know that you've done this a couple times before. And whereas the, the, the counter argument is, like you say, I'm a, I'm a designer, I'm an architect, I have skills. I have, and that I'm going to bring to the table for you in your particular project and your project's needs, whether I've done it 10 times before or not, may or may not influence your decision, but should it, in my, it, my, my way of my take on it is, should that be the, the, the litmus test? Should that be the one, the top line question? Because the minute you have that as the top line question, you immediately cut out. Mm-hmm like a whole segment of our profession. And then you can also layer into that if you, if you think about it for about half a second, when people talk about systemic racism in, in professional settings or in when you're layering it into sort of professional practice, especially in architecture, it's like, yeah, of course. Like th- that whole same notion is very is not because it's if you've got a practice that you've just started you've just opened up your your doors you might have worked for a firm for you know quite a long time yeah. but when you're when you're submitting for that project and you're saying okay I've just they're like oh okay well your your firm's been in existence for about a minute half a minute and okay yeah I see that you've been an architect for ten years and you worked for these firms and you did these projects but how many, how many has your firm done? Like, and, and it's like, it's, it's sort of like, well, that you, you already know that my firm just opened its doors. Like how, how can I have 10 widgets yet? 
Yeah. And yeah. and so there's sort of this discounting of your experience as well as your intellect and your ability. And I think that sort of Tom Main kind of suggesting about how to reframe that question without saying that's what he's trying to do is is pretty shrewd because I think it's I think it applies to a lot of different situations. I mean, and I know that you've been ex- you've experienced it in in your practice both in firms and then on your own and and myself included to a to a certain degree. And and I was sharing with you is that I've I've been on the other side of the table too, where part of that decision-making process, where you're kind of advising your client on procurement methods. And it's sort of, if you've got a matrix with numbers and you're assigning numbers, you're, you're probably going to exclude some people just by having that as your process. Points. Oh man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's sort of like this, we could, uh, go on and on about all the little ins and outs and 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 such. But I think just touching on it, and the sketch brought that brought that to to the front of my mind. It's it's this sort of like risk averseness of of the the country. And I don't want to open up a Pandora's box of political side taking, but it, it 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 is what's one way to approach it. And China has, in certain aspects, another way to approach it, and many other sort of countries have uh different approaches even like europe right i've heard that like he he even may i think he even brought it up too it's like european architecture projects big big projects right massive museum or something like that could could be won by a 30 year old recent graduate within the those the european continent because that's just the way they think they're looking for kind of there's no like it's a sort of blind a blind survey right they they accept submissions and they don't look at like who's the one submitting it but what is the product being submitted or or or, or it's just sort of this idea of if it, it there's a almost a a duality that's it's very hard to kind of understand on state side where we appreciate that narrative, that story of innovation and that, you know, needle in a haystack. And wow, look at this person who's accomplished this. We, we, we as, as a society, I mean, I think as human beings, I think we, we, we love that, that story of, of somebody overcoming odds and, 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 and coming up with this great idea and like, wow, look at them, look what they've done. Think of like the myelin narrative of this 18-year-old winning you know, the competition for the <laughs> Vietnam Veterans Memorial. So, it, it, you know, there's that. And, and we like that sort of hero narrative. But then in practice, it doesn't sort of translate. And, and what I think that's sort of unique about some of these other systems that you're referring to is that in those environments, how do you, there's, a, there's a realization that to have true innovation, to actually bring along a whole new generation of thought leaders and professionals and giving them a chance, giving them the opportunity to succeed, shouldn't just be private sector people taking a chance on somebody. It shouldn't be just somebody saying, yeah, I think, I think your qualifications and your experience might not be as much as this other person, but I think that you resonate with me and, and I'm going to give you that shot. That shouldn't just only happen in sort of private sector mm-hmm. situations. 
there, there, that spirit of that, there, there's no reason why that can't exist across a larger, because at the end of the day, we're still licensed professionals. I mean, mm-hmm. these people have gone through an educational practice. They've gone through some experience. They might not have as much experience as somebody else, but they might have some innovation and passion and ideas that no one else has thought about yet because they're doing it for the first time. And that's maybe not a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think uh, we can, we could park it there as a good stopping point because at the the beginning of this, we were just stoked that the Niners (laughs) beat beat the Packers and, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, and when you mentioned your Tom Main anecdote, I thought, yeah, this is is a great way to, to talk a little bit of technical aspects of things. Yeah, without, yeah. We'll try and keep doing that in future episodes as well. Touch, touch on, touch on those kinds of things. All right. Thanks again. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.